This episode of Humble and Fred is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and DraftKings. Hello, I'm Toronto Mike, producer of Humble and Fred. Aisha Alpha might be best known for her role on Degrassi or as a reporter on The Beaverton. I think she's hilarious. And here's a fun fact for you Toronto radio fans. Aisha's brother is Ismaila Alpha, who you can hear today as the host of Metro Morning on CBC Radio 1. But let's just be honest. I mean, you know, you could talk to Tom Cochran or uh, Colin James and say, would you like to be on the Howard Stern show or the Fred show? You know what they're going to Well, of pick, course. Right? So you just, you know, you reverse that. Yeah, but a lot of, and listen, you can't compare us and in no way are we. But the, you, you would ask, hey, Tom, would you rather be on the Humble and Fred show or be featured at the announce booth at Home Depot? It'd be tough because, hey, everyone, we got Tom Cochran up here at the cash. So I feel like it's like a reverse game of like, would you like when you ask would you rather? You would you give a guy head and they're like, no, for a million, no, but for, you know, two million? Holy Maybe. Christ! This is why Aisha Alpha Wait. is bubbling under. Let's introduce <laughs> her. She right went now. right to the head. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. Let me tell you right now, you're about to know this woman. She's been recently featured uh, in the States on an NBC something or other. Can't remember. <laughs> That's how good it was. <laughs> She's uh, she was part of an international uh, peace treaty. Yep. I started the moon. <laughs> What's that, sweetie? She's been to the moon. She's been to the moon and mm. back. <clears throat> Excuse me. She's. Uh, Not a lot of black people on the moon. Why do you always have to? Why is it always no, a racial? No, I think it's because they know better and don't want to go. You know, it's funny. You are, <laughs> Why would you we want to go? Look, I'm, my people, no. Israelites, oh, no. I'm blacker than you are. Look at me. <laughs> I've been wandering in the desert for 40,000 years. She's Aisha Alpha. Aisha, let me ask you the question, um, seeing that you just brought that up. Would you ever refer to yourself as African-Canadian? No. No. You know, I just think part, part of it is because in Have Canada... Have you ever been to Africa? I was born in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? I yeah. forgot. Oh, so, I'm sorry. I thought that was the other guy. The other... Ah! <laughs> the big guy. I thought he was Nigerian. You're both yes. Nigerian? Who? Arthur, Arthur. Arthur. He's No, he's from Uganda. Oh, yeah, come right. on. Different. Right. Oh, okay. last time I'm a Arthur geographical idiot. But... Last time Arthur was here, we had so much fun because I was I'm asking. I'm glad that you qualified it. At one point, I said to Arthur, I said, so have you ever been on a, your, like, does your family ever do, like, a, like a family day? Do you guys, like, go kill an antelope or some shit? Oh, <laughs> oh no. It was. Yeah, they do a gazelle run. Okay. Was, yeah, gazelle run. We're going to do gazelle run before the holiday. <laughs> okay. Right. That was an unfair question then yes. because I didn't know you were actually born. In Africa, so to say I'm African-Canadian would be valid. But there's a lot of black yeah. people born in Canada that still call themselves African. Part of it, I think, is that Canadian. in Canada, most people know what their background is. So you'll mm-hmm. be like, I'm Canadian. What's your background? Okay, well, I'm Nigerian, even if I wasn't born there. Right. Yeah. But in America, a lot of them don't know mm-hmm. because of the whole slavery thing and stuff. So they, I had this conversation with a guy once, and I was like, so what's, like, you know, he was mixed. And he's like, my mom's side is Irish and uh, Scottish. I'm like, what's the black side? He's like, I don't know, black. 
And I was mm-hmm. like, but what do you mean? And he was like, you don't get it. Like, we don't know. And like in Canada, I'm like, yeah. well, I'm like from Nigeria, from this part of Nigeria, even yeah. if I wasn't born there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Do you think that's because um, they don't, it's not as important to them to know if you're an American black, you just know you're, you came over some hundreds of years ago, your family and yeah. Well, and it's hard she to said it's it. untraceable. There's yeah. no, it's not like there's paperwork involved, right? Mm-hmm. Do you understand be how it'd be hard? That, do you understand how weird all that stuff oh, is? Very weird. <laughs> Slavery is so weird, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my god, it's so quirky. Weird. Well, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> so to take zany. nothing away from it, I mean, a lot of people, you know, the funny thing about history is that you sort of people as human nature to tend to think that where you are and what you're doing in this time is the only thing that's ever mattered. But then you think about, I happen to be thinking about slavery recently <laughs> and just how recent looking uh, to dabble. No. <laughs> no, no, that's what I, that's what I was thinking about getting some slaves. Well, that's it. Everybody's against slavery until, then, you know, until it's moving day or something. That's right. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like, I just wish I could get me some slaves so I wouldn't have to ask my friends to move mm-hmm. my, uh, oh my milk carton. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Oh. Uh, I happen to be thinking about it for some reason, and I thought about it in this context that, you know, the, yes, I'm going to say, the Holocaust was only some number of years ago, but most people... You know, most people have moved on from it as an everyday subject matter. And I was thinking about civil rights. I don't know why. But civil rights came into being in the early 60s. That's not that long ago. No. The the, the Holocaust was 20 years before that. So if you think about it, you know, we have older brothers and sisters that were... My older brother was born six or seven years after the Holocaust ended. Yeah. Like, that's pretty recent in the terms of the... I know this isn't exactly the most comedic subject, but I, I was I find it interesting to think that that wasn't that long ago. But most people, as my point, don't think about it very much How, anymore. Howard, mm-hmm. in, in our lifetime, does that make any sense? Yes. What I just said. In our lifetime, blacks weren't allowed in certain washrooms, or dr- drink from certain fountains, or yes. sit at certain lunch counters, or marry people who weren't of the same race. I mean, tell you something. Yeah. In our lifetime, a lot of Jewish people weren't allowed into certain clubs oh, in I certain know. parts of North America. When and I that, and what was bad about that is it wasn't blatant. It was wink, wink, it, nudge, it nudge. It was just understood. Yeah. I'm going to tell you this before I move this uh, mm-hmm. into some more comedic territory. <laughs> I moved here in 1989, and there at that time, and I'm not sure anymore. There were golf clubs in Toronto. That oh, yeah. Jewish people and black people could not join. Yeah. It was unspoken. There yeah. were no black or Jewish members of, and I'll tell you the names of the clubs. The uh, Toronto Golf Club, St. George's Golf Club, Islington Golf Club, just up the street here. At the same time, there's a Jewish golf course. And if you are not Jewish, you cannot well, join. And where is it so at is now? That, that's the same thing. I know. It's, it? I'm yeah. telling you, it's disgusting. Oh. <laughs> Both my parents loved to golf, and they went on a golfing trip when they were in uh, in South Africa. And if you don't know who I am or what I look like, my mom is like blonde, blonde, white. My dad is very, very black from Nigeria. And they went golfing at this golf course, and they were like, everyone was staring, and they couldn't figure it out. And then one of the caddies came up and like, you know, fit, like bumped my dad with his fist, and he realized first of all women weren't allowed on the golf course and blacks weren't allowed on the golf course Uh. up until like a couple years before and so they were like everybody who was a black person on the golf course who was you know doing the maintenance and stuff was like yes it was like a parade (laughs) when they were coming through you know (laughs) know, and it's funny because in Canada like that you know there's a lot more racism I think towards native people than there are to black people at this point in time so we haven't really experienced it in the same way as they did when apartheid just officially you know Mm -hmm. stopped I guess that's kind of my point a lot of these things aren't that old what were we going to say? No, my wife isn't far off your color, really, yes. is she? 
Would you no, say? Well, I was going to say, Dan, your son, Danny, for sure, when he was born, mm-hmm. was of a similar shade. Yeah, my wife's South African. She's not <laughs> yeah. far off your color. When we started going together, yes, in the 70s, the <laughs> mid-70s, same thing. Yeah. People would give us double takes all the time Absolutely. because in the mid-70s, did you it, guys wasn't, rush- it wasn't that common. No, and did you rush home to watch Parge Family after school? You, you and Delise? Come on, Delise Parks family's on. <laughs> sure. No, it's a good show. Sure. What's it got to do with interracial <laughs> love? <laughs> because maybe... They maybe weren't interracial. <laughs> maybe you guys were brought together from, for your love of the Parks family. By Ruben family. Kincaid. Um, <laughs> yes. 1997. Mm. Mm-hmm. 1997, Tiger Woods wins the Masters. In 1997, there were no female members of Augusta National. I don't know how many black members there were, but I'm going to tell you there were a lot of people who members of that club were freaked the fuck out. Yeah. And they pretended on the surface to embrace this. And there's a very famous moment when Tiger Woods sinks the final putt on the 72nd hole and he pumps his fist and the voice guy, Jim Nance, says, a win for the ages. And the reason it was is because of the history of that racial part of North America Forget that Tiger Woods was going to be the best player ever, but it was the black man won the Masters just (laughs) 15 years after probably, I think, the first black golfer ever to be invited to Augusta National was was in the early 70s. Lee Elder? Did Lee Elder not play in Masters before Tiger? Oh, he did. No, he did. But But so if he had had won, it would have been... Even probably more of an issue uh, ish, or a, uh, an event because he wasn't expected to. Tiger was expected to, right? Well, not yes and no. Tiger was 20 and a half years old. My point is, it wasn't mm-hmm. very long after Lee Elder, or I think it, was either, it wasn't Charlie Sifford, but there was Lee Elder. For, for the bulk of the 60s, mm-hmm. um, a black man could win a golf tournament on the PGA Tour and not get invited to the Masters. Because they couldn't go on the course? Because they weren't allowed. <laughs> Uh, that, you know, it's just and that disgusting. is this is in our lifetime. No, I know. Well, in our they lifetime, they didn't want their dicks like just plowing up the greens when they're walking down. You know what I mean? Like, come on, yes. it's true. So, it is. Hey, dick plow. How'd this become a nineteen-hole course? Hey, how come this dick's plowing up the greens? <laughs> is there? It's funny you say that. I wonder: is there any black fellas with small dicks, or is it just sure. a given? None Here's that I've the thing: met. no one's going to admit to it. They have the not. best stereotype. They can play basketball exactly they yeah. can dance and they have huge dicks sure you can't get alone but look at you get all the ladies <laughs> right you can't get a cab you can't get a cab in new york city <laughs> but you know what you talk you about you can just ride your dick home <laughs> you talk about in the 70s being in a relationship and getting looks or whatever yeah. the 90s was the same thing i had a two-year relationship that's with right. a guy who was trinidadian and you would get the same thing and that's ridiculous. Yeah. Trinidadio. Trinidadio, baby. <laughs> no, I, you know what? And I can, I can see that. Because, you know, as much in Canada, we have this sort of uh, subtle or we're a bit naive to it. Mm-hmm. We think we're not like the United States in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways we are. We're politely racist. It's, yeah, yeah, it's not blatant. Yeah. It's, again, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Let's hear from our uh, mm-hmm. our. Let's hear from our Asian fellow who earlier this morning you re- referred to had squinty eyes. 
well, when, when I, squinty eyes, when I date the Angmos, which is anyone other than Chinese, when if you I do date, what? When you do I, who? And when I date the Angmo Bitties, and when I, you know, hang out with them in places like malls and the like, I, I actually get separated from this girl by other people because they don't think we're together. It's not bad. I think it's less of a race thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. They're trying to get her away from you because you seem a bit yeah. shy and oh, creepy. No, you, you could never get a monster. girl like this. Uh, might be the leg hold trap. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Aisha comes from Winnipeg, Manitoba, and I lived uh, 40 minutes from Regina, Saskatchewan. I mention this because those two places probably per capita usually perennially rank in the highest murder rates in Canada. Oh, yeah. Uh, Regina, for <laughs> the longest time, was the highest. Winnipeg was second because of the preponderance of native folks. Mm. Killing on one another. And um, I'm going to tell you, there's some really racist people in those cities. They, and and you, more so than others where the native population is very visible in Winnipeg and Regina. Yeah. Well, there was just that article written in McLean's about how Winnipeg is the most racist city in the world. And there was so much uproar about it. And I was like, or should we just look in our own backyards and realize we're super racist? How about that? Like, mm-hmm. nobody wants to hear. Like, you're saying, we want to pretend like, well, no, that doesn't happen well, here. No. Well, the Everybody's thing, fine. Yeah, but don't come near me. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, the, the irony here in Canada now is the way that, you know, our system is set up for na- uh, Native people and the social... Um, safety nets that have been provided our uh, racism is actually in a lot of ways systemic where you don't get that in the united states anymore it's just like blatant or people are evolving and not as racist as before more accepting here it's actually systemic mm-hmm. I, I i prefer yeah. the racism in the states yes much more because it's like mm-hmm. you're gonna call me the n-word perfect now we both know where we stand on yeah. this issue mm-hmm. you know what i mean but if you're gonna be like hey yeah we can't hire you because that position's been taken mm-hmm. i'm like mm, has it really like just tell me that you don't want me because i'm a woman or i'm mm-hmm. black or i'm whatever yeah. it is just tell me but, but you when you grew up in the places i mentioned regina winnipeg you really have have a vibe about you that's a little bit different than because I've lived in a bunch of other Canadian cities. They don't really even think about the native population the way we do on the prairies because they really are very visible. There are parts of town where you don't even in Little Regina, where yeah. I, I was always sort of warned, there was a part near the railway where all the... <laughs> the bad side of the tracks. The bad side of the tracks. Well, and thank our, God and you our, did what you could for race relations. I did. <laughs> That's why I've perpetuated this horrible voice that I do. Howard Glassman, I know your father. That, that, know, what is that supposed that's to be? A, that's some of the people that grew up near my dad's store in Moostra. They talk like that. Okay. Hey, I, let's go mm-hmm. get some booze. <laughs> I was thinking more about the GoBus uh, hand job, but okay. Oh, no, that was the GoBus. I want to know about GoBus. Oh, Greyhound. I'm sorry. It's much classier than you. a go bus. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I got it mixed up with my experience. In the, the way we're structured, we enable. Yes. Um, and uh, which perpetuates the problems with native people here. I don't have that. In the no, I, I would say this, and this is uh, going to sound strange. It's not a lot of Canadians that have native Canadian friends. Mm-hmm. Well, I have I lots. Well, you know, Do you? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I have a few, too, but you would never know what okay, to look at them. Okay, other than you, too. But, the, <laughs> but they're just native enough to have the gas card and the tax card. Nice. <laughs> Who are your native friends? Can we call them? Yeah. Do they She's have an l- Aboriginal elder. Oh. Okay. Uh, I grew up with her. She does sweat lodges. She's, like, the coolest. She's a doula and a midwife. Guys, 
I'm I'm legit. Yeah, okay. I know you are. Is her name Pocahontas? Oh, God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Is her name Pocahontas? Wasakajuia. <laughs> Holy crap. Can, no, that's hold very on a second. Cool. Let's just get back to you in a moment, Aisha Alpha. But first, let's talk about the magic that is five-hour energy. Five-hour energy. It's quick, it's simple, and effective. It's fast and easy to consume. Zero sugar, only four calories. Hey, listen. If you've got the type of life that, uh, you know, is busy, very busy, very active, and by the end of the day you're starting to drag out a bit, mm. have a five-hour energy shot. It will give you the energy you need to make it through a busy day. Small bottle, big results. And our brand new uh, sponsor, let's say hello once again, Phil Hong style, to Zucasa. Mikasa Zucasa. Mikasa. Zucasa. Zucasa.com. And uh, what we're going to find out in the next little while, uh, we're actually, uh, I think the... Uh, Zucasa person is coming in Thursday, yes? Thursday. It really is interesting. It's a great company that's had a lot of advertising, but one of the problems is not a lot of people know exactly why you need Zucasa if you're looking for, you know, to buy some real estate. They're a real estate referral service. It's kind of like a matchmaker's of real estate. What they do is they take whatever it is you're looking for, whether it's a, you're looking to buy a condo in Vancouver or a townhouse in Calgary or uh, semi-detached, they'll find the agent. What they do is they find a bunch of agents that work those areas. They hand-pick trusted agents. Sorry. <laughs> Remember the signs of stroke. <laughs> uh, anyway, whether you're looking to buy your first home or you're loaded with questions, Zucasa will find the real estate agent for you. Anyway, we're going to learn all about this and uh, a great place to start. You know, a lot of people wonder, show, how do I get an agent nowadays? Do I get someone who's... Because here's the problem with uh, real estate agents. You don't know if they've just gotten their license or they've been doing it for 20 years. And what Zucasa does, and this is I understand this better and better all the time, is they actually go and vet the agents. So when you get a Zucasa agent, you know it's not their first day. Mm-hmm. And it gives you some comfort. And you know that they have a, a measure of success. Well, and that's the thing is they start off, they handpick the agents. And then you get their experience. You go to Zucasa.com. Figure it out. Sorry, I got a little angry there. (laughs) Anyway, um, you know, that whole, you mentioned that your friend uh, is an elder. Yeah. She's a leader in the Aboriginal world. She's a leader in the Aboriginal Mm -hmm. world. Again, and you're unusual because you're also a very old. No, I mean that. You're an open you're person. You're so weird. Not most Canadians aren't. They don't have. They can't name. They don't have a lot of uh, on speed dial. They don't have a lot well, of. Well, I mean, part of it is if you come from Winnipeg, um, it's hard not to because unless you specifically live in an area like there's Ukrainian schools where all you know is Ukrainian people, maybe. But it, you can't unless you actually are actively being exclusive. You can't not have any. Well, I, I disagree friend. if you're because you're a very open person. I'm going to tell you the typical Winnipegger doesn't have a whole lot of isn't going to the sweat lodge. Yeah, but you're also I mean, I mean, this is me, but the Jewish community in Winnipeg. Is Pretty, that what you're talking about? Like, no, they're ta- very no, not, exclusive. Oh, it's Listen, vibrant. It's very they're very exclusive. <laughs> I'm, I was no, I'm not talking about that. I was never my parents were on that. My parents grew up in 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 the part of Winnipeg, which now is like completely like. You know, it wasn't a great area then that the Jews lived in, not the rich Jews. My grandfather used to deliver milk on a in a like cow-driven cart. A cow-driven cart? No, not a cart? cow-driven. <laughs> well, Horse-driven. Horse that's 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 never got a break. <laughs> Just walking just, and then, just, you know. <laughs> but it's in the... Self-serve uh, milk delivery. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the, the neighborhood. It's really crappy. In Winnipeg? And yeah, it's like um, in the uh, East End, and it's... Uh, I'll in think of it later. 
Anyway, no, I'm not talking about the Jewish community. I'm saying that the average person in Winnipeg doesn't have a doula on speed dial. Well, not a doula, because no one even knows what a doula is half the time. But, like, I don't know. I just think, I think that in Winnipeg, I mean, maybe, maybe I am different because I, I, you know, grew up being the colored person on my cove. So I was like, ah, it's okay. It doesn't matter. We don't have to stick to our own, you know? But, um, like, there's a lot of schools that are kind of like, this is the school for where for the Filipino people go. And this is the school where uh, it's mostly Aboriginal or mostly Jewish or, you know, so... I By the way, colored person on my cove is also a CBC special tonight at nine. <laughs> You'll get a chance. Right after to a little mosque on the prairie. That's right. No, that's a good point, and it just you know, I mean, that's why assimilation is good, and and uh, what do we call multicultural? The whole system where you can have kids like you in the. And then, unfortunately, like in Toronto, it's bad. There's all sorts of pockets that are created, you know. By mistake, no. People like to sort of be mm-hmm. yeah. amongst their own. Yeah. So you look at Brampton now. I mean, it's mostly, South, what do you call them? South, South Asian. And there's Chinatowns. And, you know, and, and where is it? In uh, Thornhill, which is mm-hmm. Jewish. And, well, well the there's definition, even a section where it's Maltese. Well, no, but what, the yeah. definition of ghettoized mm-hmm. doesn't mean doesn't necessarily mean the ghetto. It no. means what you just explained. In yeah. Woodbridge, there's a preponderance of Italians. And you got your Jewish section. Yeah. You got all the... Dirt. It's basically a little sections. ghetto. So, you know, the parents that say, you know, I'm not going to get drawn into that. Yeah. I'm going to live where I want to live and have my kids be amongst all sorts of races. I used to say my son in Brampton prior to when it really became South Asian. My, my son would have friends over to the house and if there were six guys, they were all of different sort of races mm-hmm. and nationality. It was fabulous. So no, well, that's like where Spencer it was never to, an issue. Where Spencer goes to school now, I know it's an art school, but it really is multicultural, multi-sexual, yeah. multi-whatever. The only thing is she complains about is every time I pick her up, I did picture her up yesterday uh, yeah. in... Uh, like Little Italy. Yeah. I drove her back to Oakville, and as soon as we got off the QDL, she goes, oh, fuck, this place sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Did she really? Because yeah. she, she's there in her little black dress, and she's got the cool glasses on, and some other thing that she's wearing that makes her look cool. She's like, oh, fuck, this place sucks. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's such a horrible ghetto, Oakville. Uh, we'll come back with Ice Elf and find out what's going on. It's Humble and Fred on Channel 168, Canada Lab. high school <laughs> we would wait for the song to come on so that we could slow dance with each other not with each other <laughs> we didn't know each other at the time but if we did we may have you know we're pretty progressive and we'd say hey can we slow dance which was really basically just an excuse to rub your boner on some unsuspecting young woman oh we suspected don't worry did you really <laughs> oh, yeah we knew that's the voice of Aisha Alpha she's bubbling under about to pop <laughs> <laughs> Number one with a bullet. <laughs> you know, this is a sort of a lovey-dovey song. It's also a pretty good driving song. This song, actually. <laughs> it's a good crank one. driving song. Like crank it up? Crank it up when you're driving. Yeah. Sure. It is. Okay. <laughs> I love how... Sunroof open. I love how angry we down. can get over yeah. absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good, it's a good driving song. Fuck it. Uh, 
It's Humble and Fred Radio around North America, Channel 168. This is Canada Laughs. Uh, I got a sheet here, Eileen, somewhere. What? That tells me all kinds of great events that are happening on this channel today. Yes. I'd like to point out our very good friend, Todd Shapiro. Todd Shapiro and the Todd Shapiro Show. Where the fuck? Are you looking for the sheet that got sent out? <sighs> I got it! What do you got there, pal? No, I was going to talk about uh, Ward and Al as well. Yeah. Their show today. This offering from Ward today on his Facebook page. I once dated a mermaid, <laughs> but I lobster and never flounder again. That's channel 167. <laughs> wow. That's, see, that can work on that because that's not Canada laughs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's Canada Talks. It's Canada that. puns. That's like something my grandfather would have said to me. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> on uh, Todd Shapiro today, the president of the Treasury Board of Canada, the Honorable Tony Clement. <clears throat> we, he's been on our show. Been there, done Rick that. Mercer, to be confirmed. Hmm. And uh, Billy Mintz tomorrow on the Todd Shapiro show. Some other junk and humble Howard drops by. Really? I'm doing a humble Howard drop in. Are you, Are you driving down there for that? On the Shapiro show. Are you what? Dri- driving yes. down there for that? Yes. Oh. Are you doing yes. a cameo? Are you playing yourself? No, he doesn't. See, you know what he focuses on? You're going to drive all the way to Toronto. Oh, yeah. For that. Can't, why couldn't you do it here and I'll go? Because uh, I'm going to have, uh, I'm going out for beers with uh, Toddy. Oh, okay. Toddy yeah. Shapiro. I got to tell you something after the show. I just remembered. You fucking, this will blow your mind. Well, maybe we'll oh, nothing will blow my mind. Well, you're probably right. <laughs> Aisha Alf is bubbling under. She's uh, been on. What is? The, now, I mentioned something that Aisha did on NBC that I, I real oh. that you did the show, a showcase, and then I saw you go on tour with some of the people that were on the show. Please explain. Uh, it, it's called the. It used to be called NBC Stand Up for Diversity, but now they felt that was too exclusive, so it's just called NBC Stand Up. Um, with multicolored people. <laughs> Wait a minute. Diverse. <laughs> what does that mean exactly, other than the obvious? So it was only for non-white people? Well, it's people who are not basically straight white dudes. Really? Yeah. Freddie, I don't understand. When are they going to do that? When are they going to give the Jewish stand-ups a yeah. chance? Yeah. <laughs> when will there be a yeah. Jewish stand-up comedian so with tough. some a leg up? Well, at least, you know, with some sort of clout in the entertainment industry. Yeah, exactly, right? Right? So or there was some sort of history. Of, there's a you know. glass ceiling, a glassman ceiling <laughs> for the Jews. Oh. Um, so how did they recruit for this? And how did you, obviously you ended up there because you're a woman of color, but how did they recruit for that? Uh, well, it's an open call, oh. but I, so they have one in Vancouver in Canada and, uh, I got the, I got to like the buy through the first round and they asked if I wanted to come to the second round. Um, so I was like, yeah, for sure. So I went up to Vancouver and they, you know, we had this showcase and there were people from all over the States who came up to Vancouver because they thought it'd be easier to get in in Canada. Because <laughs> we're not, that would be an easier yeah. place to qualify. Yeah. No. It was not but um and then yeah then i we had to wait until the finals and then they flew us down to la they were the top 10 out of the all the people they looked at in all of north america like i don't know a thousand people got flown down to la and we had this finals there and it was great it was super fun it you felt like a they put you up at the universal like you know place and wow. and you got to go in for a whole week and then meet up with with their casting at nbc and i got an audition out of it and i got an agent out of it and just yeah, this so many is pretty things cool happened. I, wow. I sh- well i know this this is a, i want to talk about this because you know you talk 
talk about when this isn't the, you know, the sometimes we get caught up in the the machinery or of stand up comedy, but this is a pretty cool thing that happened because talk about the can you talk about the agent you got because it's pretty big. Oh yeah, I so I signed with. Oh, and also and also how tough it is to get an agent at this level. So <laughs> the real thing. Okay, so I signed with APA in the end, who is they're an amazing agency who represents all kinds of amazing people um, in comedy and, and in acting. For instance, <clears throat> well, like Louis C.K. is with them. Uh, Amy Louis Schumer. C. Fucking K. Uh, <laughs> Louis C. Fucking K. But the funny thing was, okay, so there's a lot of talk about industry being there. And I, I'm the worst because I don't know who anyone is ever. Like, I'm always like, I don't know who that is. And then I'm sitting next to them. And I happened to sit down next to a guy because there was no room in the show. You know, in the showcase, it was totally packed. And there was like, I was going on next. I was nervous. And there was a guy sitting there eating his food. And he had like half a bum width on his chair. And I'm like, I'll just sit with you. And I like squished him over and was just nervous and being sort of like, thought I was being a hilarious jackass, you know. And and I thought he was a comedian. Turns out he was one of the guys from APA. And, uh, one of the another, agents. Yeah. And there was another guy there from APA that then they called into my agent. And they're like, we like her. We want to meet with her. So wait. So, so she sits next to this guy. She's sort of kidding around <laughs> with him before she goes on stage. And he doesn't know who she is. He just thinks she's some kind of, you know, cute he goofball. Just, yeah. Then she goes <laughs> on stage on and she rips the stage, you new asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she did. So it was, it was good. And then this guy sees her. That's the Sandfields ass <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she rips it up. Was he Jewish? No, he hmm. wasn't. Why? Because every Asian is Juju? Yeah. A juju. Yeah. <clears throat> He's like, Oi, Gewalt, this colored yeah. girl. <laughs> it's so different. From a Canadian perspective, that's intimidating when you walk into a building. Like, you would be nervous if you walked into a building that had CTV on the front of it. But when you walk into a building that has NBC, it's you know a whole what, different world, isn't it's it? It's kind of funny because I think that it didn't feel intimidating because I came through this contest. So I right. had a lot of direct access to, like, for example, Karen Horner, who's the president of the Diversity Hole chapter. Um, she was like, hey, how's it going? Let me buy you a drink. Like, that's how we met. So it was a really low barrier to entry. And then when I went to the NBC studio, it's like, oh, I'm just going to go see some of my friends. And it doesn't feel intimidating. When you did the showcase, was it at a comedy club or NBC? No, it was at Hollywood Improv. Hollywood Improv. Yeah. So there's some, that's got to be a little bit, the one in, uh, it's just off Melrose, right? Yeah. So that, was it, Yeah, Melrose is Sunset. Sun, sun, uh, Melrose is kind of like, uh, the best way to describe it would be like, if Queen Street were sunny and bright, <laughs> it's kind of a Queen Street vibe. Oh, I watched Melrose Place. But a California, I know. <laughs> no, I know. But it, Melrose Avenue is pretty neat. It's and cool. So is that intimidating when you walk in and you got the brick wall? You know that every guy that's ever done stand up is famous, has been there. I'm less intimidated by the places than I am. Like I was think I went and there's all these people, these amazing comedians from all over North America. Darcy Michael was the only other Canadian with me down there. Um, but like for example, Nick Guerra, who had just been on. Uh, last comic standing and a crowd favorite he was in this final and i was like well he ended up winning and we were all kind of like, well this guy's probably gonna win but um i'm always more intimidated by the comedians than by bookers or agents or venues because you want to be funny you want to be funny in their eyes how many minutes did you get to do uh in the final we got to do like eight minutes so how do they ex- so they took off uh, they took away the diverse word so how do they explain that away now it's now just NBC stand up no I know but when everybody all the contestants are obviously 
Anything I, but white. How do they explain that? Well, I, they also have something called like N, it's like NBC Universal Initiatives or something like oh, that. So it's oh. kind of in yeah. But I mean, the thing is, it's great. It's a wonderful. It's a wonderful thing that they're doing because mm-hmm. they're just getting more stand-ups and stuff out there. Sure. Um, and it's not to say that people who aren't white guys can't get out there, but any anything I can get into that's additional to just going out with white guys, you know what I mean? That it's great. And now right. they brought us down to NACA. We got to showcase. Now I got all these college gigs. It's it's great. NACA is the organization that books uh, universities in the states, right? Yeah. The it's one of those one. things where if you get on. I mean, doing the Canadian colleges is great, Mm -hmm. but if you can be part of that group that does U.S. colleges, it's really, really good money, gusting to great money, and it's a lot of great gigs, because it's usually a pretty good... There's a few schools down there. There's a few schools. Oh, my God. Five or six. Insane. It's mm-hmm. crazy. One day in the future, we will not be able to even be speaking to Aisha Alpha. So no. get you know <laughs> get all your yourself. questions out now. <laughs> I know you're being, I know you're being, you're trying to be the funny man. Not really. But I don't think she would ever be like that. No, I know. I don't think no. so. She either. could be a superstar, and I think she would come back to these studios. Well, she's got a friend who's a doula. That makes her incredibly open. I would insist what? that you guys would do the show at four for say? me, but I yeah. would come back. Of course. She's got a friend yeah. who's a doula. <laughs> People that have friends who are doulas, they don't. Yeah. It's a birth coach. Exactly. It's like a midwife, oh. but yeah. midwife light. For a long time in the 90s, I wanted to hire myself out as, out as a midwife. Why would you want to do Only because I thought it sounded silly. I used to say that to people. Well, you know, I am and a midwife. he thought he could have the odd glimpse of a snack. Well, I thought he I has could help the gynecological experience. Exactly. Snatch. I thought I could do snatch. some snatch work on the side. <laughs> Is that the kind of snatch you really want to see, though? No. With a human being, a bloody, shitty human being. Hey, that's right. Yeah. That's for right. yourself. Out of it. <laughs> that's how I came out. That's, okay? that's how I did it. That's, <laughs> that's, right. that's when it becomes a snarch. Struggle. <laughs> snarch. I used to say that. Uh, so we, we'd be just being nonsensical on the air. And I said, well, you know, after all, I am a, a midwife. And then when I found out what a doula was, I thought, that's exactly. It's a much funnier <laughs> word. I'm, I'm. I wanted to upgrade to do yeah, steps. You know what's funny too? Because I have a niece that's going through for midwifery. The best. That's the most. That, it sounds like you're smelling vagina. Exactly. Right? Whenever I hear that, I start to giggle. Midwifery. I didn't know that had Your a title. smells good. <laughs> I'm sorry, Fred, because I want to get back to this in a second. It smells like you're sniffing vaginas. Yeah. Yes. How do you get that job at the airport? Uh, over here, yeah. this gentleman here, he's a yeah. s- mm-hmm. snatch smeller. Yeah, the German shepherd is on vacation. That's yeah, right. Yeah. So she's going through for midwifery. Mm-hmm. Was there anything else? No. <laughs> um, will there come a time where uh, you see, uh, like, honestly, obviously, you make a lot of money now. You're very wealthy. Do I? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you make a lot of money. And uh, <laughs> what? Uh, have you priced yourself out of the Canadian game? Oh, gosh, no. Come on. Like, really, a comedian like myself, I am not in the higher echelons of Canadian comedy. Oh, please. Um, and I'm, as far as like how insisting on it must be this much or nothing, I still do open mic stuff for free all the time. Like last night I did two shows because I just love to do comedy. Um, and then I'm also getting paid tons of money to do comedy. So mm-hmm. it's it's like art for real and that it's just arbitrary. Oh, sure. It's so weird. what would you like to have happen in the future, like five years from now? Uh, I would love to um, have my own TV show. What was and that face for? Oh no, it just seemed... Oh, like, I was concerned. What, oh, can, like, what is this, 60 minutes all of a sudden? I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Kidding. Anyway, I'm kidding. <laughs> Fuck. No one can make fun. Oh, Let's go back to the people inside your dad's store. I would, like that accent. I would like to ask you a question. <laughs> when you talk about the upper echelon, who would you say are the top five comics in Canada? Uh, Sean Cullen. 
Really? Yeah, I think that he's he's a leg he has a legacy in Canada, and he's you know he's been doing it for so long he can. Really? Uh, yeah, you don't think he's you don't think he's. Oh, no, no, I, I'm not. I'm only I'm just surprised at that name, given who's rolled through this room and. Well, I mean, I'm thinking yeah. of people like who have longevity, who've been doing, who are kind of top and respected. Sean Cullen, uh, Mike Wilmot, uh, Deborah DiGiovanni, absolutely. Yes. Lo- I fucking love Deborah. I saw her on Mr. D the other night. Oh and god, she was so funny. She's so. I just did. I. I went with her back to Tilsonburg, her mm-hmm. hometown, and I hosted a show that she headlined. And she is like, she's one of the best comedians uh, that you could possibly see ever. Mm-hmm. Like, she's always funny. She's always got new material. She's so relatable and approachable and just like off the cuff. Mm-hmm. She's just a funny person all the time. You know? I would, I would, I would just put... say about her that she doesn't translate well when you just hear her material. That's really? That's all I'm going to say about it. Because I hear a lot of her stuff on Canada Last. Has she ever we been play? in here? I forget. No. Uh, no, I've tried, but she hasn't been in town at the right time. I, I, I respect what you're saying, yeah. but I, when you hear her back, like it doesn't always translate. What about Derek? Sagan? No. Um, what's his name? Derek. Uh, he's one of the funniest people. He's from North Bay. Foster? No. Fuck you, you! You know if I oh, like super like mm, yeah, Derek. He's really funny. He's one of the funniest people in this country. He's just starting, and he's been doing it. Forever. Edwards, Derek Edwards, Derek Edwards. Yeah, he's he's. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know his work tons. And Ron James, Ron James would be in the top oh. five. I know, I, would put I know. John Dorn on. There. I know. I'm talking about like well, guys gonna, you like. Okay, the, he's the, hacky. This is neat yeah, though so because so we're hacky. talking criteria here. And I would say, by what I thought your criteria been around established. What about a guy like Mike Bullard? Yeah, but yeah. I, mean, I mean, I don't think he's yeah. as relevant now. No, as, exactly. You know, I'm talking about like people who right now in this moment, I would say that the things are respected by other comedians, funny, in my opinion, uh, has had some kind of career and a reputation and can really demand high pay. So what about Peters. Steve Patterson? <clears throat> oh, Steve Patterson, for sure. Yeah. That guy is right. one of the best yeah, people and human beings. And he's just hilarious. And Russell Peters. Russell Peters, too. But Russell Peters kind of is, I think that he's moved out of the Canadian. Yeah, he's thing. he's I mean, we mm. all claim him as Canadian, yeah. but he's not. Mm-hmm. I would say John. What, 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 what do you see yourself yeah. doing five years from now? Oh, now it's an okay question. Is that? I I'm, I'm, no, fun, I, you know. I would, what do you see yourself doing five minutes from no, now? I, I see myself being very dead five years from now. Yes. What about five minutes? But like, what's your? What, what do you see as your end game? Do you want to get a sitcom? Do you want to do tours like Russell Peters? What, like, what do you want? Movies? I think that I will translate best into uh, something funny on TV. Yeah. You know, I think that in in visually, I come across really well. As far as like, you need to see me. I think to get mm-hmm. everything that's going on because I'm very physical. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'd love to do just like straight up touring because I think I'd get depressed being alone all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell me about it. <laughs> That's where the yoga porn comes in. Hey, hey, yeah, we got to get to this stuff here. Should in a write a sitcom for. Um, <laughs> uh, by the way, back to Deborah. Mm-hmm. I think she's. I know. I know you respect her. I know you think she's I funny. Love her. But I, I again, I listen to a lot of stand up on radio. We play a lot of it. Canada Laughs and of course Comedy Central Radio. Deborah's act. You need to see it. Really? I'm, I'm going to tell you. I, Could I've, it be a material thing? I'm telling you, I've, because... exp- I've experienced tons of her stand-up on, uh, on, on listening to it, just the audio. Yeah. And uh, sometimes I go, wow, I'm not really sure why everyone's laughing their heads Really? Off. Yes, ma'am. Hmm. See, I wonder if it's a material thing and you're not her no, I target. Get you know I know, I but mean? I'm, a, I'm also somebody that appreciates the, the medium. And I, and I listen, I'm like, I'm, I will I will lull if it's lull-worthy. <laughs> Why are you being such a prick? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just how I am. You know, I saw, do you like, uh, I can't remember, do you like animals? Yeah. I saw. I like dogs. I like dogs. 
I like it. Stan's not here today. I know. I'm Sweet. very upset, actually. I, I literally this morning told people, I was like, I can't wait to see Stan. I, I mean, actually, I can't wait to see everybody, but I can't. I, I thought, as I was leaving today, I thought, oh, you know, this is going to be disappointing. Really? Some of the many things about me that are disappointing to Aisha <laughs> uh, is the fact that I can't bring Stan. Anyway, the reason I'm bringing it up is because I was in uh, some mall on Friday, and I... Uh, stopped and saw they had a guide dog in training. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are cute. I'm going to tell you, this was a nine-month-old black lab, and this dude was super chill. And I asked the guy some questions. I thought, you know, do they... Are this? Do you pick the dog because this is how they come out? They happen to be like this? And he said, no, we breed them. There's oh. a certain breed... They, they use black labs a lot, and they mm-hmm. breed, I guess, one guide dog to another... But the dude was just like, <laughs> all these people walking by, and I'm talking to his owner, and he just was like mm-hmm. chilling on the floor in a way that you don't normally see animals. Like, I, I even said, is it okay if I pet him? Because, you know, when they're with blindies, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to touch them. Mm-hmm. What, did they let you pet him? Yes, because he was, he was in training, and he oh. was kind of relaxing, right? But I I've, I've used to work in a building at... Uh, where they had a blind guy. Remember that? The blind guy would come into the oh, bathroom and guy, yeah, freak they, you they out. They fired him. <laughs> no, they <laughs> did. They fired the one blind guy. Oh, that was what great. was his name? You uh, just kind of, let's fire the blind guy. Yeah. Clint oh, no, or Clint? In no, fair, what was Clint? His name, Clint. His name was Clint. Cliff. Was it Clint? Cliff, I think. Cliff. Yeah. I knew it was a C word. Well, I'm glad you went with that one <laughs> It'd be then. funny yeah. if it was blind guy Clint. Yeah. Oh, man, I can't find him. <laughs> <laughs> Now, in fairness, his dog was embezzling funds. So, no, I'm talking about a different. We were it was where was this? At, at six, I think no, at Young and Dundas. I remember going to the washroom and that guy. Oh, had he the didn't shepherd. work for us. He didn't oh. work for us. Remember the blind guy with the right. German Shepherd? And he was always and he used to freak me out because all of a sudden the doors open, and there's dogs there while you're oh. washing your hands. And you're not supposed to touch him. Yeah, yeah, that was a sweet. You can't dog. touch him. Um, but the yeah. blind guy is. Yeah, we worked at another place. The guy. Yeah, he and the guy it. he was blind, right? And had mm. and had the the dog. That's right. And. That's got to be tough, eh? Because it was cost-cutting, always cost-cutting in radio. Can you imagine (laughs) how that came down? Mm. We should really get rid of Cliff. (laughs) Yeah, but he's blind. We'll look so heartless if we do that. Yeah, but he's really not performing any task that can, any tangible. uh, Well, so to cut costs, they fired him but kept the dog, (laughs) which was shitty. They just sent him home on a bus by himself. Uh, Cliff wouldn't lick my balls, but the dog will. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because they used to say to Cliff, I go, hey, how's my my best uh, blind friend? You go, how's my best Jewish friend? I go, how do you know I'm Jewish, you son of a bitch? And then your I, nose then just I, hands are in my pocket. My, yeah. my nose kept hitting him in one of his eye sockets. <laughs> <laughs> did well, he that, feel your face? Like, because you know when blind people oh, yeah. want to see, did he feel your face? Yeah. Well, I said it was my face. Oh, boy. Hello. Oh. That's why I thought your nose was just like, what's wrong with your nose? It's so long. <laughs> But I would not want to be in that position where you have to fire the blind guy. Because it maybe it made sense. You know what? Yeah. We'll get the deaf guy to do it. <laughs> then it won't be so bad. It won't be bad. Let's no. get all the handy people oh, in. A, let's put them in the corral. Uh, did that really m- make you sick, that of horrible thing not. I said? You just looked at me like, oh, really? Because I have never, I've been working with you for two years. I've never seen your line. Your line is way out there somewhere. <laughs> you know what? It's, yeah. I, I, I haven't found it yet. Yeah. Anyway, Aisha's uh, doing great. 
I should do it. I'm glad. It's great that ISIS is doing so well. It's awesome that you always have fine time to come and see us. Oh, I love coming in to see you guys. I do. I really do. I must see yourself doing in five years. I see myself coming back. And I hope that Stan is here and that there's pizza and wine. Because I feel like I've missed yep. pizza and wine the last two times I came. It's true. That's gotta, that would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? To have a segment of your career going to a studio and producing like a sitcom or a comedy show. That's got to be a riot. That's got to be so much fun. To do that? Yeah. I would I would think so. Oh, yeah. You know what's cool is Aisha also has a segment of her performing that I, I think is also interesting because of the kind of person she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's done some TED Talks. She does mm-hmm. some motivational uh, work with the motive. She motivates people. <laughs> <laughs> she tells you that to go out That must be there. tough. Oh, God, I know. She goes out there. She says, hey, come on. You can do it. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. For an hour, I just repeat that. You can do it. Hey, come on. You can do it. You just, too. You, you can. You also you. can do it. Just as much as the other guy. What's your name? You can do it. I look at. This guy can. I look at motivational speakers a lot as consultants. Like people yeah. that fail in radio often become radio consultants. So you're saying if I fail in life, I can become a life consultant? No, I'm yeah. saying that there seems to be a lot of life coaches now. And it's like people looking for something to do. They become motivational or like. You know, I, what, how it happened for me is that when I got into comedy and doing things like that, I. I people would come in like I went into the medical devices reprocessing conference cool and they were like can you just come and like tell us about how to have more fun and how to be a better team so it's like and these are the statistics for you know catheters and then they're like now Aisha and I was like hey guys like life is okay you know (laughs) and they were I got hired for like three other gigs from that because they're just like it's such a breath of fresh air did they say Mm -hmm. Aisha can you do some cath can you write some catheter specific jokes catheter specific yeah I got a catheter in right now I, uh, I did a, I did a, that's right. I'm just going to stand here and drain. It's just convenient. True story. About four years ago, I got hired to be the, not the keynote, but the MC, and I had to do some material for the Canadian, great gig, by the way, lots of dough, Canadian Urological Society's oh, yeah. Conference. And I, it was one of those things where they pay you a lot of money because there's a lot of meetings to go to prior. Okay. You ever had one of those things where you do a corporate and they bring you in, they brief you, and it's... I'd always get yeah, a call, call in. <clears throat> so I wrote some really funny uro- <laughs> urological specific humor, but I didn't... Here's what I did. I said, I'm not going to do any <clears throat> piss jokes. What I wanted to do was I wanted to use stuff that is industry specific. So mm-hmm. I, I had a conference call with one of their leading... Directors, and he gave me a bunch of like jargon, urological oh, yeah. Yeah. jargon. So, you know, things like, you know, whether it was a catheter or something. But I saw so a couple of the jokes, I can't remember, but they were basically just a guy outside of the industry wouldn't know this. I go, anyways, yeah, this guy used the number three catheter tube when it was clearly a job for a schwinkle. Mm-hmm. And they fucking die. <laughs> like, honestly, and at one point I said, I have no idea what I just said. Because yeah. he gave me a bunch of sentences that <laughs> ran on and it, it worked great. And I actually said to them at the beginning, I said, I'm not doing any pee jokes. I'm not doing yeah. that. But yeah, just that. It, Anything that makes them feel like it's specific about them. Like one right. time I learned a guy's name and I was like, right, that's what Larry thinks. And everyone was like, Larry. 
Larry. They know. Everybody loves Larry. You know, it's so funny you say that because, again, if you can make references, uh, you know, I did the same thing. Like, Dr. Uh, Miller once did a, an intervention on a thing, and then, the, oh, yeah, Miller, he's fucking yeah, up all his yeah. time. So funny. Anyway, he's a character. Yeah, I'll tell you, that was uh, probably the most money I've ever been given to do, like, a performance thing, but it was a fancy Western Harbor wearing, I wore a tuxedo, for wow. God's sake, because well, it was their big dinner, yeah. their gala. How come you didn't latch onto the piss circuit? I, I don't know. <laughs> I should have. Huh? How come I didn't get more piss work out of that? You know, Howard's doing, he's, he's doing great. He's doing great work on the piss circuit. Oh, my God. And then that would lead to, like, the colonoscopy. Oh, yeah. goodness. Oh. You know what I mean? Mm. Number one, number he's two. Number Let's one. do this. Exactly. He's number one with piss and shit. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm good. We got to say so long. Eileen. I'm Toronto Mike. I produce Humble and Fred. If you want to hear more of me, I host a podcast called Toronto Miked. If you go to torontomike.com and click Notable Guests at the very top, you can cherry pick an episode and just check it out, see what you think. There are plenty of Humble and Fred episodes to choose from. Thanks for listening. Peace and love. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and DraftKings. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And don't forget to help keep the show going by licking them. <clears throat> uh, liking them. Like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs>